Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, part two of our Rambo extravaganza. What shall we call it? Ra- Rambo colon diminishing part two. <laughs> diminishing <laughs> Returns, second blood, whatever. Um, so, if you are a fan of the Rambo films and you've chosen to jump straight in here, go back to last week's episode where we covered First Blood and Rambo colon First Blood Part 2, and we discussed them in great detail with our special guest, Gareth Allen. Hello. Uh, so, with, with Gareth, um, this week is me, Alan, and uh, Sol. Hello. No preamble, really, this week. Let's just jump straight back in. Uh, we're following on from last week's episode. We're going to be talking straight away about Rambo 3. The, the least controversially titled film of this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, last week we did a higher or lower game with the body count. So one person died in First Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whopping 75 people were killed by by Rambo in, uh, in First Blood Part 2. So now... How many killings? How many people do you it, think John Rambo kills in Rambo 3? Higher or lower? I think it's hundreds. <laughs> uh, which ones? Which ones? Rambo three. Is oh, hang on a second, Sol. Let me clarify here. Is this that Rambo kills, or that including yes, who the yes. Russians kill? No. How many people does Rambo kill? Ah, uh, okay. All right. Oh gosh. Well, actually, I'm going to go lower then. Uh, what happened in this one? The Russians kill a lot of Afghan extras. But, um, oh yeah, yeah. But I don't think Rambo kills as many Russians. Well, I th- I'll go lower as well. Let's put a number on it. See so who's closest. So we're 50. going down from seventy-five. Well, I'll tell you I'll right now, you're both 42. wrong. It's higher. No, it is no. higher. <laughs> it is higher than seventy-five. So now I'll take a stab at how many you think it is. Well, there weren't that many Russians. I'm going to say a hundred. Wait, he does at one point like have a anti-aircraft gun strapped to him or something and he's just oh, shooting true. people willy-nilly. So uh, let's go with 123. Uh, 123. How many did you say, Gareth? 100? 100, yeah. The correct answer is... Oh, wait, I'll go 101. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute prick. <laughs> uh, the correct answer... Well, you, you, you were closer anyway. The correct answer is 115. Ooh. 115 people and that's just the ones he kills alone <laughs> yeah the vast majority of which he just shoots they're not even particularly interesting deaths I tell you what, before, we, before we get into the detail of the film can we talk about the killing <laughs> because mm-hmm. I know I know they don't really count there were only Russians but Having having watched, I watched these in the wrong order. So I watched, oh God, first blood, then the second one, (laughs) then the fourth one, and then I watched this one last. And maybe I was jaded by the time I got to this, but it just felt like (laughs) we've killed a lot of people along the way here. And it just felt, it was a little distasteful, I'll be honest. (laughs) I had a a similar feeling recently when I watched uh, John Wick 2. John, I know, I know we're not reviewing the John Wick films in this podcast, but the, the, the sort of stylized 
operatic dance of of killing people. After a while, it just became oh, these people are dead. <laughs> and I know I know Austin pa- I know Mike Myers did this in Austin Powers, but you know these people have got families back in Russia. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe maybe four films in a week is is too many Rambo films to watch. But I was I was sick of the violence by the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This probably isn't the the uh, franchise for you then. <laughs> no, perhaps not. I, I, Maybe I'm getting old. I did notice actually this kind of distinction, certainly in the first film, uh, where he doesn't just go around shooting people. He's like. He's like the silent assassin. He's got the knife. He's got the bow and arrow in the later films. Yeah. But then he will just grab a gun and shoot everyone. Because I thought at first they were trying to make a point like he's not just a... Guns are too easy, you know. he's He kills with his hands kind of thing. Um, but then he does just grab a gun and kill everyone. No, I, think, I think it's just tactical. Once his cover is blown, then, you know, all guns yeah, blazing. Maybe. Yeah, true. So, does anything happen in this film? I can't even remember. <laughs> well, he, in the last film, he's, he, he, he sorted out Vietnam, recovered the, yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. American reputation mm. of Vietnam, and won that war retrospectively, despite mm. the best efforts of the Soviet Union. Mm. So, having, having done that in this film, he sorts out the Cold War and pushes the Soviet Union out of Afghanistan. Yes. Single-handed. No. Well, not, not single-handed, because he has Troutman with him. Now, obviously, the big thing that we, we see immediately here is that the Afghani rebels um, are on our side uh, from from our American point of view, westernized the, point well, of view. The Taliban. The Taliban, yeah. The good old Afghani rebel freedom fighters. Round of, pl- round of that- applause for the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing that immediately jumps out, obviously, today when you watch it. Yeah. But... Can you tell us, Gary? You you know much more about this sort of thing. Why why would the Russians want Afghanistan in the eighties? Well, um, as as with as with most of these things, uh, there's a, an element of uh, raw materials. But really, it's just about expansion and it's about controlling uh, dangerous regions on your borders. So they they kind of they they wanted to control their southern border. Uh, if you go back, gosh, let's, let's go back to the, uh, 19th century when you had empires. The Russians didn't like the fact that the British were in India and Afghanistan and on their southern border. And so mm-hmm. later on, if you translate that to the Cold War, it was just a question of if we don't get in there, the Americans will. So there were lots of wars or small civil wars around the world in the 60s, 70s and 80s that were two sides just fighting for control of their country that then became heavily funded by the Americans and the Soviets on, on each side. And so in places like, right. God, places like Angola, I mean, places like Vietnam, it, it was mm. just a local conflict which became intractable because of all the money and weapons that were thrown into them. And I think, I think, uh, Troutman explicitly says this in this film, but Afghanistan is seen as the Soviets Vietnam. And that's because, as in with Vietnam, the Vietnamese were being funded by communists in China and, and the Soviet Union. Mm. In Afghanistan, the Americans were funding these Mujahideens, who, you know, later on became very well-armed anti-Americans. But um, it, it, it really just is about ideological power politics. So how does 
Rambo fixed that situation. He's going to sort it out, isn't he? Well, these brave freedom fighters are trying to yeah. overthrow the Soviet yoke. And uh, and don't we get we get a bit of exposition early on though? It's just in this one area. There's this one particularly bad Russian commander. He always he's really nasty, and we see some uh, we see some sequences of him being nasty. And we can't even get Burkov to play him because we've already he already done that card. Yeah, so a, I looked this guy up because I didn't recognise him. He's a French actor, isn't he? I didn't I don't know him at all. But yeah, pound shot Burkov. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so so. It's not that Rambo's going to go in and beat the Soviet Union, but he's going to go in and help these freedom fighters to overthrow the brutal yoke of the Soviets. But does he overthrow the Soviet Union by the end? Well, I mean, the Berlin Wall fell the next year, so draw your own conclusions, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Now, I watched these films quite recently, but this one definitely was not the one that stuck out in the memory. I made a, I made a note saying I'm 40 minutes in and nothing's happened yet. Yeah, uh, they're doing some horse stunts just to fill the time. So was that? What was that? How do we find Rambo in this film? I can't remember anything that happened at all. Well, he's he's doing a he's doing a stick fight, isn't he? At the start, that's how he's making his money. And then he, he goes back to a monastery. So he's living at a oh, monastery, helping a helping, monastery, him, yeah. helping monks to build a monastery. And then Troutman turns up and fucks him up again. <laughs> so in the in the, in the second film, yeah, he's in prison and Troutman's offering him a way out. In this film, it's absolutely he has got a good life. He's 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 off the grid. He's hiding. He's trying to be who he wants to be. Troutman turns <laughs> up with some CIA guy who's the baddie off of RoboCop. That's yeah, always Kurt a bad sign. Smith always nice to see him. Yeah, <laughs> Clarence Bodica, and, and 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 he says to him, he says to him, well, I don't want to go. I'm quite happy here. Thank you very much. And Troutman, I can't remember what he said. Troutman says something like, well, you're a soldier. Tough. Come on. <laughs> and he makes him come. <laughs> Ruins his life again. Well, crucially, Rambo chooses not to go. He's he's found the life of peace. Yeah. So Troutman goes instead and gets himself caught, obviously. So yeah. then Rambo has to go. So he's kind of forced his hand. He's got PTSD up to the eyeballs. He's building a frigging monastery. And now he's got to go to <laughs> Afghanistan. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, have we lost Solly? He seems suspiciously quiet. I've made one note of this <laughs> about this film. Uh, it's they don't seem to know what Inshallah means. <laughs> Do they just say it randomly? What? They just yeah, they just they just they just look at each other a lot and go Inshallah, Inshallah. At the end, they go Inshallah, like it's some sort of like go with Christ or something. It means God willing. Yeah. Your many is your many use it like you'd say touch wood. You're meant to be like, oh, have a safe trip, inshallah. You're not meant to just look at each other and go, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> so uh, that, I'll be that honest, was very I, I wasn't expecting the Islamic scholarship to come from Saul. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a big player in the Islamic film world. You know, he's <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my input for this film. That's the only thing you know about this film. <laughs> Well, I, I, I watched it once ages ago, and I did re-watch it for this podcast, and I, I don't remember any of it. That's exactly what I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just washed over me, and like d- water off a duck's back. I, I just well, well, fortunately for you, I watched this film four hours ago. <laughs> so recently, in fact, that I'm still angry. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, um, I'll, I'll echo the sentiment. I, I don't like it. So, I did make another note here that I think probably relates to your problem with Inshallah, uh, Sol. I put, it's handy that these Afghanis speak such good English. Mm, all of them. All the <laughs> tribes people. No problem. Even the kid. <laughs> Not even yeah. a strong accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one, the main, his main contact is played by a Greek actor. The, the I was going to say what? Spiros. That, that <laughs> is not. That is not a Pashtun name. Well, I, I was wondering what the accent was in this film because I don't think. Uh, What's well, Greek? It's pretty Greek, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Because <laughs> they sound they sound Greek. Thinking about it, so yeah. <laughs> Okay, Gareth, it looks like you're going to have to take the lead. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, can, I can throw it. some on. trivia at you if you want. Uh, okay. This Go was on, the most Tom. expensive film ever made at the time of its release. Really? Fuck off. Is that just because of all the extras? Was it? Here's Bud- a question. Budget of was it actually filmed in dollars? Afghanistan? Probably not, I'm guessing. <laughs> I doubt it. Let me look that up for you. Well, Afghanistan was, was, was actually a war zone at the time, so, yeah. Well, First Blood Part 2, I believe, was filmed in Mexico, so it, oh, I right. very much doubt this was filmed in uh, the actual location. Let's see. This was filmed in Thailand. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, the Buddhist monastery, sorry, was Thailand. Oh, okay. uh, Arizona... Arizona, Thailand, Thailand California, <laughs> Arizona, Israel. Oh, they did. Oh, there you go. They they did some filming in Israel. Yeah. All okay. right. <laughs> That'll be most of the the Middle Eastern bits. I take it. <laughs> so part of the sixty three million dollars presumably went on uh, Sylvester Stallone's salary for the film. His cocaine bill, which was uh, he was partly paid with a Gulfstream jet. <laughs> to the cost, I hope he declared to that. the cost of twelve million dollars. Is that like a is that like a tax dodge or something? Yes. Like if we pay absolutely. you in Gulfstream jets, it's it's not classed as income. It's like a oh maybe gift. I wonder. Yeah, maybe <laughs> absolutely. Well, if he, if he yes. was gonna if he was gonna buy it anyway, maybe they've got connections in the. <laughs> I wonder if his. I wonder if he was paid for. Uh, the upcoming final Last Blood Rambo film in Amazon gift cards. <laughs> uh, okay, what what else happened? So, so, so Trapman's captured, and then Clarence yeah. Bodica off of Robocop comes all the way back to Thailand to talk to Rambo. And he says, oh, just yeah. as a courtesy, I thought I'd come and tell you Trapman's been captured. And walks off. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a long way to come. And, uh, and so obviously Rambo decides he's going to go out of Afghanistan. And uh, I, I did wonder about this. You know, obviously, we know about Rambo that he is, uh, you know, trained in all these different types of warfare and weaponry. But do you mm-hmm. think he's ever fought in the desert before? I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a jungle man, isn't he? Yeah, it's a very different, very different. Well, type. it's a dry but, heat, but... isn't it? So it's a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and to be honest, this might be the novelization of of Rambo Two that I'm remembering. But they do make a point of him being adaptable. Oh, he's adaptable. That's Troutman says. I told you, he's adaptable. So we we meet the the Russian colonel, and and I mean you know he's a pound shop Burkov, and he's really bad. The, mm. the the acting's terrible. I, I mean, so bad he could be a Bond villain, really. <laughs> <laughs> and like we saw his we saw him in his lair, 
And I sort of I enjoyed the production design. He was interrogating Troutman. He had a chessboard set up in front of him. Oh, I see. <laughs> Strategic thinker, eh? <laughs> it's, what's his name? Bob, Bobby Fischer and uh, who was the Russian one? Spassky. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's all so, about yeah, the Cold so War. Is all about chess. There's a, there's a photograph of Lenin on the wall behind him, and he's got a chessboard in front of him, and it's like, oh God, could, could you know? Let's lay it on a bit thick here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Russian, and that's what they all do, isn't it? And then Troutman, Troutman gives him a lecture about how you people can't come here and treat these noble Afghan people like this, and they're a culture that go back thousands of years, and they'll see you off. It's a lecture that could have been delivered to Dick Cheney 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, well. the, the original director of this film, this, part, this might be partly why it was so expensive, Sorry, I'm just going to drop in with bits of trivia because yeah, I have nothing else to, to offer. Uh, the original director of this film was fired or replaced two weeks into filming. Ooh. Oh, God. Uh, due to creative differences. Due to not doing as Sylvester Stallone told him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, the, the film also got through three cinematographers. So... <sighs> It sounds like there were production issues, and I bet you that's a big part of why the budget ended up being so high, because yeah. it's certainly not on the screen, is it? No. So in the film now, we have... We have um, I'm going to persevere with the plot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've just remembered... Yeah, so he goes to Afghanistan, and he starts playing, like, polo with them on their horses. Bit that of sheep dragging! Everybody hey, was a that bit horse, sheep dragging! Rambo's horse in this film was Indiana Jones' horse in uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> there you go. Giving you the, uh, Thanks, Sol. Oh, sorry, no, not Temple of Doom. Last Crusade, Last Crusade. There you go. <laughs> Trivia. Well, there's there's a really there's a really lengthy propaganda section here. So we, we we see a hospital and we see someone complaining about how the Russians drop these these toy bombs that look like toys. And then oh, yeah. there's a that that we we have this sort of village council where all the elders are talking and uh, you know that. It's just it's, they're laying it on thick about this noble tradition and how the Russians are trying to destroy it. Good old, mm. good, good old Taliban. Big round of applause for the Taliban. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, then there's a there's a lovely bit of goat dragging which everyone enjoys. Yeah, that's how that's how Rambo proves himself a man in front of all the other men. Yeah, well, he asked uh, Spiros what are the rules, and and Spiros, who was obviously Greek and has no idea, says. I don't know, you pick up the goat and you put it in the hoop, I don't know. <laughs> Although, to be fair, that makes more sense to me than American football, so... Yeah. <laughs> you love football. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then, we, so we, then we're rudely interrupted and the action starts. So, um, <laughs> presumably that informant has told them where this uh, meeting is happening. And so the, the attack helicopters arrive and, and break up the party. Yeah, I've, my my only note here is I have no idea what's going on. I've really phased out. <laughs> so it's fair to say this film did not grasp my attention. I feel like um, I've written too many notes here. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only thing keeping us going. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, it, it, this is interesting. This is the point where the little kid turns up. Yeah. And immediately he arrived on the screen, I wrote down, this kid is going to be a fucking liability. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, he was. Yeah. The kid asks him why he's going to rescue Troutman. Why you do this? And, and Rambo says, uh, because he do it for me. 
And is I've written down, no, he fucking wouldn't. He would leave for dead. <laughs> this is the most abusive relationship I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, then he does go and rescue him. And I guess there's just a lot of action nonsense. Yeah. They, they end up in a trench and they're going, they know they're going to die, but they thought, right, we'll kill as many people as we can going out. And then the rebels come and save them. That's, I remember that bit. Uh, one one notable scene is where he cauterizes his wound, which I, I remembered that. I, funnily enough, in my memory, that was in Rambo Two, but uh, but obviously I was wrong about that. So that, that, I think that's that scene is the only thing I remembered about this film, having seen it once twenty years ago. Yeah, and, uh, it's quite so a he, gruesome scene, but yeah. So he, he opens up a bullet, puts the gunpowder into his wound, and sets fire to it. <laughs> I mean, is that when when do you learn how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Basic training, <laughs> but that's the, that's really the last uh, the the last note I've got before I wrote. I am so bored here. When will this be over? So <laughs> I'm with you, really. Let, shall we move on? <laughs> How does he kill the main bad guy? Does they have a do they have a face to face moment or something? They oh yeah. So he's Rambo's in a tank, and the the bad guy's in his helicopter, and they have a head on collision. <laughs> Which Rambo survives. Here's a question for you. We were talking about as easy experience in the desert. When, when has John Rambo ever driven a tank before? <laughs> when, when, when in his CV has that come up? Drove one through Vietnam. <laughs> hey, he was special ops trained, all right? They, yeah, they trained, trained him in everything. everything. Well, he can, can fly, fly a helicopter, helicopter as well. Yeah. yeah. We know that much, yes. Ride a motorbike. Well, I haven't got any more notes, so we can mercifully move on if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember anything else about it <laughs> at all. Shall we just rate it and then move on with our lives? Yeah. Yeah. Shall I go first this time? So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it one, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because it's rubbish, but one is one does seem particularly uh, low. But I gave First Blood Part Two a, two, a three, <laughs> and and it's it's not even close to that good, so it's got to be one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Well, similarly, <laughs> I've not gone nearly as severe, but I, I I am going down lower than First Blood Part Two, uh, so I give it a four out of ten. And to be honest, I, I think that's an incredibly generous four. Mm, I think so. Yeah, I gave it three in similar terms. It's awful. <laughs> and and I mean that was the end of the franchise for oh, I a did, while. Sorry, I did just I've just thought of something else that I did notice while I was watching these films. <clears throat> no matter like how what Rambo's doing or how if he's out in the jungle or whatever, he's always got that like just two days of stubble um <laughs> on his chin, like <laughs> someone's like chewing a magnet and throwing iron filings at him. <laughs> kind of desperate Dan. Style stubble. The the hair is pretty impressive, actually. When he's not got it tied up at the beginning of the end of this film, oh, his his locks are flowing. <laughs> it looks like a shampoo advert. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the end of Rambo. Bye bye. <laughs> we never saw him again until twenty years later. Was so. This was after the he'd reinvented Rocky, right? I, I believe the film was in production before Rocky Bal- Balboa had been released. So okay. I think it was very much like a, 
oh, I'm going to revisit my old characters and, and go back to them. Okay, um, here's, a, here's a question, right? What happened in 2006 or whatever it was that that meant Stallone A had the motivation to go and, and decide to rejuvenate his characters? Okay, that might be just because he had nothing else to do. But who, why were people paying for that? See, I remember, I remember Stallone's first uh, reinvention was was Copland, and that was yeah, after yeah. He, after the luster had gone off his star, and he came back and reinvented himself as an actor, and mm-hmm. he got a lot of credit for that. But look, at, that was nineteen ninety seven, and I'm just looking on IMDb. He made a lot of crap between that yeah. and Rocky Driven. Balboa. So, so what happened? I, I well, what year was the Expendables? That was later. That was twenty ten. Yeah, but I think that was kind of born out of this. I, I think sure. my my guess is people who grew up in the eighties with these films were old enough to start capitalizing for Hollywood to start capitalizing on yeah. nostalgia for like eighties schlock, and so we started getting throwbacks to nineteen eighties. Family Guy was big around this time as well. So you know, I I just think it was eighties nostalgia. And we've kind of mo- we're moving into a period of nineties nostalgia now, but yeah, but it, I mean, this was Rocky Balboa's particularly, and then Rambo as well. It was Stallone going back to the well. There can't have been any guarantees that that was going to work, and certainly from a financier's point of view. Like, are you looking at a sixty-year-old Rocky film? I guess it, for for Rocky, it was like. It, it, for Rocky Balboa, it was a good concept. It was a nice script, and maybe they just sold it on that. But I think this Rambo film was made off the back of Rocky did well. <laughs> Rocky Balboa did well. So well, no, like apparently it was in production, certainly green lit and sold before that film came out. Um, really? But maybe, stuff? maybe they, yeah, apparently, maybe they'd mm. seen trailers and buzz for Rocky Balboa and were predicting how well it was going to do. But, you know, Ram- Rambo, it's a big, well-known franchise. You you could make money on Rambo movies for... Yeah. till the end of time, if you wanted to. It's a bit, you know, as long as you're not silly with it. I don't think it was an expensive film. Um, I guess it, doesn't, it doesn't feel expensive. The budget was apparently 50 million, which mm. isn't cheap, but... You know, I, I I think that's probably a pretty sound investment just for a bit of nostalgia. The Rambo movies are they're, fondly they're not, remembered. You know, you 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 you're presumably they're filming in like yeah, Thailand or somewhere. It's probably pretty cheap. You got no, you've got no other actors to pay for apart from Stallone. He's yeah. directing it himself, so he's probably taking a pay cut on that, like as a package deal. Yeah, presumably he's producing it as well. He's probably got some kind of profit point deal yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well yeah. I think he'll be a producer won't he? that's yeah, where he'll be yeah. making his money but as a, as a director and actor uh, yeah I suppose you can do it cheaply put all the money into your effects Yeah. so that, that raises the question where the hell is the Tango and Cash reboot <laughs> <laughs> the title here Rambo can partly be explained with the connection to Rocky because obviously that final, well, not final, Rocky Balboa was intended as the final Rocky movie, so they called it Rocky Balboa to just kind of separate it, make it stand out from the other films, Rocky 1 through 5. 
Just a blatant disregard for numbering conventions. The Rocky, the Rocky series had been all right until that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so off the back of that, this film was originally called John Rambo, um, which I, I think was just a working title. And apparently Stallone didn't like that because it he felt it signalled that this was the final Rambo film, which apparently was never his intention. So they changed it from John Rambo to Rambo, which I would argue is more of a final name, if you... <laughs> um... mm. uh, so let's catch up with Rambo then. It's 20 years later. He has been living in the jungles of uh, Myanmar for some t- all that time, basically, just kind of eking out a living. He's in Thailand, Alan. He's over the is border he... from Myanmar, yes. He's of course he won't be hanging out in Myanmar, would he? Yeah, of course. But we do, the very opening of the film is showing us sort of shenanigans that are going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, in, it feels uh, like a lecture. Yeah, so just continuing our higher or lower game. <laughs> higher. 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 <laughs> higher. <laughs> uh, you are correct. Rambo kills more people in this film than he killed in Rambo 3. How many people do you think Rambo kills in this film? 200. 250. 280. Uh, I'm going to give it to Gareth. Incredibly close. 254. That's good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we get this this little opening sequence, which is basically just, look at the bad men, aren't they bad? (laughs) And we see them them gambling on prisoners' lives and raiding villages. And immediately, immediately there's a lot of blood. So we're going to see a lot of gore and blood well, in this film. What you were saying about feeling that Rambo 3 was too violent and it was just unpleasant. I mean, this is a fucking snuff yes. film. It's just... Yes. It, uh, it, apparently, this film averages 2.59 killings per minute. <laughs> but but beyond that, it's um, it's not done with a campy 80s... It doesn't feel like a cartoon. It's done realistically enough that it's really very unpleasant. Very hard. I'd like to. Well, that's it. I'd like to speak in defense of Rambo here, the film, not the person, because I think that the the first scene where we get really bad violence, where they they attack the village where the 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 white Christians have gone, and they come and attack that village and really rip it apart and kill every, most people and all this. I thought that was it was very extreme. Uh, but I think it was deliberately like horrible and aggressive to show. Yeah. Really, it's like you know Spielberg did it in Saving Private Ryan, and oh, they oh, gave him an Oscar. But this yeah, in this one, but, it was. It, but it felt it felt like it was it was setting the scene for this thing. The, I will argue that is, later on in the film, it does become just movie violence for yeah, kind of that, gross sake. But that first scene I think just sets up the, the the tone of it really nicely and is a very kind of harsh slap in the face saying, look, look, f- violence in films is all fun and games, but like this is some real shit going on. Yeah, I, I agree, except if that's what you're going to do, the whole film has to be about violence and war being bad. And yeah. you can't then in the third act get into... Oh yeah, look at this fucking crossbow stabbing this guy in the face. Oh yeah, Stallone, yeah, he cut his guts yeah, out. Rambo look at his guts rolling out. Right. Yeah, he's blowing him up. The head, co- the head come off. The head come off. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a fucking gorehound movie. 
and it yes. completely undermines any artistic integrity that it is clearly trying to show the horrors of war and it completely undercuts itself and it's one of many reasons why i think this film is fucking bullshit cuz cuz <laughs> we should add this film it didn't do that well critically, but it, it went down very well with audiences. It was seen as a... Similar to Rocky Balboa, it was seen as a real kind of uh, successful nostalgic revival. It was seen as a really great throwback to those old 80s movies, but one that had some some something to say. It has a 7 on IMDb still, which is a good score. Mm. I, I... Fuck this film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I it's... I think well, well, ethically it's wrong. Well, I, d- I don't disagree with that, Sol. But I think if we, like, like I said, I am I, I, sick of the blood. But just looking at it as a film, I wrote down after I, I, about three quarters of the way through, I've written, nothing about this is unpredictable. And every single character, as soon as they open their mouth, you know what their arc's going to be. They're oh, yeah. all absolutely cookie cutter. Well, even, even Graham McTavish. <laughs> Vinnie Jones. <laughs> I, I, I called him Vinnie Jones throughout because they obviously couldn't afford him. But but seriously, you know, as soon as anyone said a line, you're like, right, okay, I know what this guy's going to do. I know what his, his pattern's going to be. He's going to end up. He's going to end up turning turning on him, and then he's going to be. He's going to be good in the end, and he'll probably die just after saving him. Very predictable. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So what happens is some. American Christian uh, missionaries. Christian missionaries. Yeah, they 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 knock white, on Rambo's door. Talk Let's about say. white savior complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, actually, or- originally this film, at one point when it was being developed, was going to be about Rambo going into Iraq, which was obviously a current conflict uh, when it was produced. And Stallone put his foot down and said nope, because he felt that would be disrespectful to the troops to imply that one guy could just swan in there and like save the day yeah. when so many soldiers were trying. So instead he just put it in uh, Myanmar and implied that one guy could swan in there and save the day and it was fine. Because <laughs> they're not yeah, white, fine. they're not Americans, so <laughs> it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Well, the, the leader of the missionaries is obviously a prick from from the first moment. Um, yeah, and then you've got Julie Benz, who, in my head, is Dexter's girlfriend. Julie Benz, uh, yeah, she is TV royalty. She was Darla, who was a very significant character in Buffy the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. And then she went on to be Rita, Dexter's girlfriend. Dexter's Dexter, girlfriend, yeah. Which is why apparently Stallone uh, cast her because he was a big fan of Dexter. Apparently, I also recently saw Julie Benz in Boondock Saints too, but <laughs> I watched by accident. <laughs> Well, funnily enough, I I tried to watch Dexter, got a few episodes in, and gave up because the acting was all terrible. Um, so, <laughs> no, John Lithgow's in season four. I like oh, yeah, Dexter. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I can't defend that, but I'd like Dexter. Stick with it. <laughs> no, Dexter season two of Dexter's great. Then, but it, it it's all downhill from there because they kind of everything reaches boiling point and they spend the rest of the show trying to recapture it and they can't because they've already hit boiling point but i like it too worst finale i've ever seen to a tv show anyway (laughs) i wanted to ask about this white savior thing because i couldn't figure out where this film stood on these missionaries were they were they being portrayed as kind of foolish or 
good-hearted, or commendable. naive, or yes, naive, selfish. Not, not bad people, naive. I, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Because it really, I mean, it, it, when that village gets attacked, it's because they're there. You know, yeah. they're cutting off the arms because they've been giving them injections. You know, it's like they're... And the film never quite explicitly states that. It could just be a random attack, but it's certainly implied. Yeah. And I think that's the idea. Yeah. But it seems amazing that God didn't protect them. <clears throat> he did. He sent Rambo. He sent his... Yeah. The Julie Bent character, as a woman, is the one that Rambo can relate to in some way, I guess. I don't know why... I don't. I don't really get that either. I think there's an element of you know, like we said with the kid, it's it's like he's protecting her. But what, yeah. what, you know, he doesn't seem to care about the other missionaries. No, no, he definitely doesn't. Uh, certainly not in the same way. Uh, yeah, they, we've got a ragtag bunch of uh, mercenaries that come to save them, and he, and Rambo gets stuck with them. That's quite funny on the boat where the guys, the, the British guy's mouthing off and uh, Rambo just sits there quietly like the living personification of PTSD that he is. <laughs> yeah, the Graham McTavish character is broad. I like him, he's a complex <laughs> character. I mean, he, he's one of the most entertaining parts of the film. <laughs> that that's is some, true. That's something I must say. The level of filmmaking on show is such a step up from the previous two films, First Blood Part 2 and Rambo 3. It's a much better made film, and it's yeah. far, far more entertaining just to sit through on, oh, a, definitely, on a purely like mindless level. Most of my issues with it come down to like ethics and things. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of understand how this is often seen as a, a good sequel, and the one sequel that you know stands up and blah 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 blah. And and yeah, he's a he's part of that, Graham McTavish, because. It's fun yeah, just to watch him walk around going, "You fucking muppets! What the fuck is this? You stupid cat!" <laughs> um, yeah, so we we get down to business, and they oh well, first of all, they all think Rambo's just a boatman. I don't know, like, and there's a lot of that. They they're like, "Oh, you can't come with us. You're the boatman." And boatman like, stays with the boat, which does make sense. <laughs> I mean, there is a logic there, uh, but obviously Rambo turns up. He kills people with a bow and arrow. Now, there's a massive confrontation between him and um, Vinnie Jones, and he, he holds the bow and arrow right up into his eye, and then just like that, he's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> they all go, all right, fair enough, this guy, the boatman's all right, we'll, we'll follow him. Not like as soon as he turns around, just shoot him in the back of the head. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, but your Graham McTavish character, he's he seems like a reasonable fella. Uh, <laughs> he's obviously just gone, oh, well, I've been bested here. Yes, fair enough. Law of the jungle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's no. There, it feels like there should be. We don't get the moment there where he kind of wins their respect, like because even when he comes in and starts killing people, they're like, "Why the fuck have you killed everybody? Now we now they're gonna come and kill us. All their mates yeah. are gonna come and get." Us. So we never quite get that moment, I suppose, which is maybe what it needed. They go. So the big sort of big thing is they go into the village, whatever it is, and. They, you do your little heist where they go and save the people that are there. They've got all the ingredients there, running around in quiet. There's a distraction to keeping all the troops busy. You've got the evil general who not only is a horrible murderer, he's also a bit gay. So <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> and then they're, they're supposed, these guys are supposed to have been there for like 
at least 10 days by that point. Uh, the prisoners, the uh, hostages, I guess. What, yeah. what are they intending to do with them? Are they hostages or what? What's Why are they keeping them? I don't know. I don't think that's ever clear, really. Are no. they wanting to, are they wanting to yeah, ransom them? or uh, I don't know. It, all, all this is leading up to set up a scene where there's hundreds of people at, one, at the bottom of a hill and Rambo with a massive gun on the top of a hill. And then there's about 20 minutes of him shooting people. And I was I was expecting um, Dexter's girlfriend to come good. She she is useless in a firefight. <laughs> <laughs> Just sits down with the fingers in her ears. <laughs> what about uh, her fiance, who is like really pacifist, even when Rambo when Rambo shoots some people to save their lives, he's still like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that." That's bad. We could have like prayed should, them away. Should have just winged them. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously he beats someone's head in with a rock. That's his character arc done. It's a nice story of redemption, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, a quick question: uh, While Rambo's been living in the jungle for twenty years or whatever, at what point did he find the time to have a facelift? now alan it's funny you should say that because i've written the notes early on missionaries arrive leader michael is obviously a prick everyone too polite to mention his face (laughs) (laughs) isn't that from the torture (laughs) they like put some frog venom in his face or something my my viewing experience was that this film was much better than i remembered actually quite entertaining Mm-hmm. And then and then the extraction mission begins where Rambo goes back in with Gray McTavish and everyone, and then it becomes as boring as I remembered it being, and that is the bulk of the film. So it actually is quite boring. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah. Jump to the end. Well, so right at the end, we, we get a little bit earlier on where Rambo's sort of saying how he hasn't been home for so many years and he doesn't know like what even if his dad's still alive, blah blah. So then right at the end, we kind of jump from this end of the action sequence just cuts to he is like on a farm in Iowa yeah. or wherever he's from. Yeah, and there's there's very little setup for that, is there? Yeah. Really? It, no, it feels like it was, it, it was a line, and, and you're right, Alan, an hour and a quarter earlier there was a line I don't know, a dad maybe. That was it. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the only setup we had for that. And it's annoying because people acted like this was a real full circle wonderful finale to the film he comes back to the farm no, it's just like a fucking nubbin on the end of the film. There's nothing to yeah, do with it. It's epilogue. Just... Plus, my problem with that is, and 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 like, let's compare and contrast this again to Rocky Balboa, which is all about this guy who is now too old for this shit. Whereas in Rambo, it feels like this character could be 32 and it wouldn't make any difference. Like, it it feels like we're not acknowledging his age, but also not acknowledging like the the life that comes with that. Well, and also the fact that he's you know going home to see his dad like as if he's been away for two years, not well, twenty five yeah, or whatever it is. Where it also pretty much stops first blood making any sense, doesn't it? If his if he could have gone to this farm and hung out with his dad and got away from everyone, then why was he drifting around? And maybe they had an argument. Just seems a bit a bit weird. Hmm. There's nothing about him, like, perhaps 
oh, I wish I'd had a family, or I've never had kids, or like any of that sort of thing that you might expect to find of someone of that age. But then no acknowledgement that he doesn't need that either, you know, or that he's happy in his boat life, or I don't know, just nothing really. It's just <laughs> not much in terms of character, is there? No, it's just about the violence. The whole yeah. film's just about violence. Well, it's quite fun to watch, though. Mm, too much. Okay, well, do you want to rate that then? Well, I've sort of boxed myself into a corner here, haven't I, with the, giving the three to the second film. But I think <laughs> I think it's better than First Blood Part Two. Yeah. So, but I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I agree with what Sol said a minute ago. Actually, the you know the first half hour is okay, and then it just just becomes really boring. Mm. Just becomes a gory. Yeah, shoot them yeah, And I, yeah, I, I don't know why, that, I don't know why that is, but I, I do think up until when he is just taking the missionaries in there, I don't know. It's fairly engaging. It's, it's not too bad. I think it's because up until that point, the idea that war is hell and violence is horrible, yeah, works. It's only, it's like it becomes a different film when it becomes a reconnaissance mission, when it becomes about saving the missionaries who are still alive. It, that's when it just becomes a throwback to these 1980s nonsense movies and it becomes a cartoon and it, it's just boring and it undermines everything that the film was presumably trying to be. Uh, so I give it a 4 out of 10. It's, yeah. It's not well, I, I just found it generally more entertaining and easier to watch uh, than the last couple. So on that basis, I gave it a 6. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, apparently this film's banned in Myanmar. Myanmar. <laughs> Can't say it. Uh, I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, if I could just, if I could just finish by recommending the Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day <laughs> to our listeners, because Julie Benz plays a sexy FBI agent and it's really the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> what, better than Gary Oldman in Twinkle Toes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the uh, I think the academy are on standby. <laughs> um, so there's a new one coming out. That's why we're doing this. Mm. Yeah. So what's that about? Why? I mean, I don't mean what is it about. I mean, why is that happening? Um, I I think it's been uh, intended for a, a long while. I, I think the intention was, as I say, Rambo Four wasn't intended as the end of the series um and it was immediately afterwards in in 2009 that Stallone announced that they were making Rambo 5 the savage hunt which i am i am gutted never got <laughs> made because do you know about this film no. the original plan for Rambo 5 no go on no so they i think they bought the rights to a book called Hunter by James Byron Huggins, uh, but basically, it's about a like a mutant human soldier that gets loose in the woods, and then they they get Rambo to go in and and hunt Bloody it down. Hell. So it's going to be Rambo versus a mutant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were saying, yeah, it's more like the first film. It's a nice small, you know, bringing it back to the basics of the first film. Film. I mean, there's a sci-fi element, but. Stallone didn't seem to think that was a problem. So I, I'm gutted. I would have loved to see Rambo against the mutant mutant monster. Uh, Rambo versus Predator. Why are we even talking about this? Rambo yeah. versus Predator. Oh my god, there it would it be is. amazing. It would be amazing. 
and and someone wisely along the way said, "You can't do that. That's ridiculous, you idiot." <laughs> uh, last I heard, Stallone had signed on to make a film adaptation of the book that isn't a Rambo movie. It's just a straight up him versus the monster. So, assuming that does ever get made, I'll just watch it and pretend it's Rambo in my head, and it'll be great. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I mean, there are all sorts of ideas. Uh, I think The Expendables kind of took Stallone's attention away from making these sorts of films for a while. Um, There was talk of it being a kind of Unforgiven-esque old man Logan kind of thing. Uh, there was talk of it being a kind of passing of the torch film. Uh, at one point, they even announced there was going to be a Rambo TV series about, like, Son of Rambo or something, which <laughs> I think is still in production, uh, but yeah. I think Stallone was kind of not very happy about it. It was being done without his involvement. And somewhere along the line, they landed on doing it about Rambo versus a Mexican drug cartel, which was an original, uh, which was originally an idea for Rambo Four. Uh, one of the ideas they were gonna do in Rambo Four was him going in to save a kidnapped girl from Mexican uh, drug lords, but Stallone said it didn't feel quite like a Rambo film, quite like a Rambo idea. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever this film is, it is about him going up against the Mexicans. So, yeah. And we're finally here. It's it's nearly out with uh, very little fanfare. The trailers have only just started coming out. I must admit, Sol, that I, until you, you asked me, you know, watch the Rambo films, let's talk about them. I didn't even know there was anyone coming out. Mm. I'm kind of looking forward to this film. You know, Stallone seems to have got a good grip on his franchises now with Creed and Creed 2 and Rocky Balboa and, you know, plus him versus the Mexican drug cartel. That's, I don't know, inherently that just feels like it's going to be a bit smaller scale than the last few films. It's going to be a bit more close to the kind of conflict of the first film. At the same time, I just, I can't. I can't see it being good, <laughs> so mm. I don't know what to mm. think. Do you think they'll acknowledge his age? That he's in his seventies now. Oh, well, it's called to. Rambo: Last Blood. I do think it's going to have to be a kind of. Will he die at the end? This is the end of this. I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't think he will, because Stallone will always want to keep his options open. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I don't think he will, but he might. If you had the chance to make a Rambo film. What would be your perfect era to do it? Where would you put your film? 1983, 1984, 1985. Before Rambo... Yeah, ignore ignore all the other sequels. Let's try and get... Try and get that right. Although the thing is... Like like we said last week, I don't think you can make a good sequel to First Blood. I don't think you can capture what that film is in another story. It's self-contained... I'll tell you what I'd do. Uh, prison break film. Ooh, they throw him in prison, yeah. then he escapes, and they have to try and catch him in the woods. Oh, fuck. That'd be good. I'd like that. Yeah, It could be more of the same, but yeah, him in prison and the guards. Are, oh, yeah. That could be really cool. But obviously, you'd have to set it up that the guards were all corrupt and they were being really nasty and stuff. It wasn't just yeah. that he'd broken out of prison. He had to get out to save a child or something. I mean, that's much better than my idea, which is 
Rambo in Jurassic Park. <laughs> so I was thinking you go the Rocky Balboa route and have a, an aging Rambo uh, running a hostel for young soldiers coming back from Afghanistan <laughs> who have got PTSD. Yeah, and yeah, young black much hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> One of them gets in trouble, and Rambo has to tool up to go and save his boy. I like, uh, you know, if you're going to do it now, Rambo like in an old folks' home. But one of those really shit ones in America that they have for veterans, but it's like nobody's yeah. really giving any money to them. Well, and he has to break out of the old folks' home. <laughs> no, he just sits there and like someone feeds him soup. <laughs> it's not. It's not funny. It's just that's the whole. Tragic. That's the whole film. <laughs> it's just a tragic st- end to a tragic figure. I mean, you you could just do Battle of the Johns. So something Calvin would probably have pitched if we'd done this several <laughs> John years Wick. ago. John Wick versus John Rambo versus John Travolta. John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> no, John John Goodman's like the Nick Fury who brings them all together. He's like the head of, <laughs> head of the John organization. <laughs> John Adams and John Quincy Adams. John Malkovich. John Lithgow. <laughs> this could this could go on for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think if anything, we've established that you just really shouldn't have done a sequel to First Blood Stallone. So bad, naughty Stallone. So that's that's it for Rambo for now. We will be looking at Rambo Last Blood, whatever it's called. Sol and I will do a little review of that on a Diminisode. If you want access to the Diminisodes as they go out, you need to become a Patreon. And you can become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dimreturns. It is just $1 a month. I mean, what can you get for a dollar a month, eh? Nothing except good entertainment. From other podcasts, <laughs> not for a dollar. Uh, no. you, you'd be looking at a good five dollars a month, I think, for your average podcast. Yeah, yes. Diminishing so. returns, reassuringly cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> you can you can do that. We will be covering that at some point. Yeah. In the near hey, and we've got we've got like we've got like thirty diminisodes up already for you to go and binge, yeah. plus two full length episodes. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Special exclusive episodes, so you know. What's next week, Sol? Next week, shall I give you a clue, Alan? Yeah. Did it in it?